0: watch this no way. hello and welcome back to the cookie jar golf podcast i am tom mills and today i'm joined by bruce fitzpatrick hello and sir sam williams I'm not having the uh, chat now. It's not over to me. <laughs> but by the way, congratulations, Thomas. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, father again. Father of two now, which is quite scary and quite tiring. Um, Was it a week ago? One week today, yeah. One week. Well, How's sleep? Yeah. How sleep getting on? There's a quick welfare check on you. Um. I would moan that my sleep wasn't good enough, uh, but my if, if, if my wife ever listened to this podcast, I think she would fucking murder me in my sleep for hearing that, because hers is a lot worse than mine. So She doesn't um, listen to this. No, she, she, she's never listened to it, so we're all good. Uh, no, sleep's awful. It's absolutely terrible. can't get a wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all very exciting, and um, little Millie Mills is, is doing just, just fine. She's got a name like a rock star already, so. And it's Fantastic. on a McKenzie bag. Probably the youngest
1: child ever to be born with a name on a McKenzie golf bag. I think three days old when that
0: came around, when it landed. On. Yeah,
1: yeah. We so
0: a while ago. So um, just waiting for it to land with a name on. So um, how? Just a quick note for our sponsors. How are we all doing for our um, virtual... No, oh, no, virtual? No, I'm not having I'm
2: this. No. Not having this. <laughs> Come on, we don't labour these points.
0: Come on, I've just finished I'm caffeine, mine. It's I'm caffeined
1: up to the eyeballs. Oh, yeah. I've had, I've had one. Ca- I can pod had- on two coffees, three. I've got palpitations. So I think we're, I think we're, in, the, we're in the sweet spot today.
0: Mm. Perfect. And we need I to talk d- about a few different bits and bobs today, including to starting with shots. Bay Hill. What are you going to shoot at?
2: Um, just well, I just and wait just a, just a a few few and things. see what
1: comes out of our mats or...
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take it out of sequence. Um, you've obviously opened with a horribly broad question there. How was Bay Hill? What do we think to Bay Hill? But I, uh, yeah, I, I think that's about as exciting a golf tournament as you could hope for, in which Shambo emerges on top. Because you know, I, I've probably not made it any secret over the last few months that I don't find him the most endearing character in professional golf at the moment, but. Like, you know, seeing him seeing him, you know, sweat out a five and a half footer on the last to to clinch it over Westwood, who is, is still playing some unbelievable golf at the age of forty-eight and has been, you know, a kind of store of of European tour golf um over the last couple of decades is just incredible. So I enjoyed it from the from what I saw, I thought it was a fantastic tournament. Really exciting Saturday spieth again like that's a narrative that is it's, it's exciting seeing him um return to form uh, and then mcelroy having a bit of a meltdown okay a bit disappointing but seeing him chop two drives into the water on the sixth just kind of took the pressure off our return to golf in a couple of weeks um well, what, we what could have can probably like?
1: done a full debrief pod on it but it felt like the whole event was played out so heavily through instagram and twitter that you know kind of we're all up to date on what happened but you know, we're going to look ahead to the players, no doubt, a bit. But it was, it was fascinating. And I think for, for everyone that sits there over the weekend, you know, keyboard warriors tapping away angrily about ball rollback and technology and bifurcation and God knows what, you've got to admit, it was bloody entertaining watching Bryson. It was great fun. Like, I mean, it was awesome. Like, you know, my wife was in the room and she was like, that's absolutely incredible. She would never comment on anything linked to golf. Nothing ever. You like that's mm. amazing. That's incredible. Like and you, you can see the aerials and stuff like that. And you know, I, I I'm going to go on a limb here. Brand Bryson, I think,
2: has gone up in stock. Um, stock yeah. gone up there heavily. That's interesting because you were a big advocate of. Of rollback. I mean, I'm pretty sure even in that podcast we recorded last week with, uh, with Ed. I'm Cartland not sure I am a Potten rollback and, and, guy. No, no, so I'm what, not having what, that. What do you think I'm this not stuff a... about the ball then? Uh, the Ed, oh, Ed I'll ask the question, I'll ask the question, but
1: you know, I'm not sure I am a rollback guy. Um, I actually really am not, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. I, I'm definitely not a bifurcation guy. Um, but I, you know, I, I do sit there and think it does get a little bit daft, and in watching the course they play on. But it was mightily entertaining watching Bryson absolutely smoke one. Still,
0: Sam Williams, was risk. the social, yeah. the social comedian. He's a complete chameleon. Depending on who he's with, he completely changes his. Yeah. If he's with a, <laughs> yeah, if he's with a I woke know. architect, it's like, oh, we should roll the the ball should only go. I agree with you, guy. Mike Clayton. I agree <laughs> with you, Mike. I think it should be Bolson Woods and Bolatters <laughs> only. <laughs> yeah. Watching Bryson on a Saturday, he's like. No, roll back. Just hit as far as you like. Then we should
1: have 700cc drivers. I think we should just go all out.
2: Doing med um, ball slams in his living room while necking <laughs> three three pints of coffee, just getting up for it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So, I mean, we need to talk about a few obvious things, like Bryson's drive on the sixth. Um Which one? Do you, the the one. Well, both on the Saturday and Sunday when it was downwind, and he said he'd go for it, and he kind of went for it, but he didn't go literally balls deep he just kind of he just went for it um he was it just an exercise was it just an exercise in ego because it actually both times he did it he ended up in a position where it was actually more difficult than if he'd taken a normal route to the hole so was it just a complete exercise in brand and ego hell yes hell yes and no of course,
1: it was. I mean, Grant, I think he made birdie both times he did that. He would have made birdie almost certainly both times he did a stuck three wood, you know, sixty yards right of target almost certainly. Um, the guy per Trotty post U.S. Open wing foot Roundup, watching him do his um thank you speech at the end, which was albeit a bit cringeworthy. The guy is very aware of marketing and his brand, and he. I think he went into that very consciously, knowing this is an opportunity to turn a few haters over and he did it like fair play. I'm still not a massive Bryson fan, but I'm I'm warmer to him now than I was pre bayhill And I wouldn't underestimate the the value of marketing and stuff and the fact that, you know, a bit of ego there and the arms in the air, it was, it was bit of a, a bit of a game changer for him as a brand more than it was
2: the tournament. I wouldn't overstate that point though, because I know you say, well, you know, he was kind of short-sighted with his pitch shots and he would have been fine if he'd have just been 60, 70 yards further right. But the way that hole plays, I think strategically it makes sense that he was, you know, taking the line that he did. Now it's a risk because if he caught it low on the face or he didn't carry it far enough, he was going in the water. And it wasn't like um, he was he was comfortably making it. Like the one on the Sunday cleared it by more i think um but it was heavily downwind and in fact he even put up a video in his practice round i think of him not being able to carry it it wasn't as windy granted but i think that's a big risk to take for someone who is as, as obsessed with winning as he is like it's a big risk to just take it on that line to think well you know I'm in the lead here. Tournament's on the line. I'm just going to go for it anyway. It did. It did make the hole significantly easier taking on that on that line because if you did, if you if you went even the route that like Rory and some of the others were taking, fifty sixty yards further right, and you pushed it, well then you were in a in a tricky spot and you were going in with seven iron, six iron, whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty gutsy in the moment that it, that he's had to carry it like three forty. <laughs> yeah, fair play but... to the guy.
0: Both times he did it, um, both times he, with his second shot, he didn't hit the green. So from like, I think they were both 80-ish, 70, 80 yards away. Uh, but he's put himself in a position where he's unable to hit the green with his second shot. Or well, not unable, but he'd made it difficult for himself to he hit, the hit
2: the green. He couldn't hit it close, yeah. but No, he didn't the... the
0: green because the, for the second day spun off, right – and the second day he just pitched it right up because he's playing. This away is what it. I'm saying. Yeah, I like, think, you know, I mean, yeah. In, in it if the if the exam question is
1: only just play the right strategy on the whole, I don't think Bryson would have done it it's back to that point about proving a point and running his, I, I disagree. I, um, well, I mean, we, I'm happy to have conflict on the cookie jar podcast here, but don't forget he went out. He probably felt the wounds of the masters last year when he went out and said, this is a past 68 for me. So <laughs> I, I've got to go out and bring the heat and, and, I, and I'm going to win this all day long. That would have definitely scarred him. And then he kind of ran his mouth again at Bay Hill and said, I can, I'm going to take this on when you do that. You've, You've made it harder to walk back to a three wood up the right hand side, haven't you? I, I'm pretty convinced that if his life depended on making four on that hole,
0: he would not take the route he did. But do you think do you think Cobra looking at this now, you know, he's running his mouth, he's I'm gonna do it, Psh, bang it over this blue straight over the top. Look, I'm a big lad. Um, do you think Cobra sitting there with their checkbook in hand going, I think we need to pump these numbers up a little bit. Back to the Daryl Evans pod. Back to the Darrell Evans pod. You can buy insurance
1: on these wins, can't you? So why wouldn't That's Cobra it. want to take out some insurance against that? Like, this is massive, massive marketing for our brand and for our products. Bryson, you're in a position to win, but we want you to take this thing on. I'm just speculating here, right? So this is... This is pure armchair conjecture, as you would call it, Bruce. But <laughs> Sam Williams at his very best. <laughs> whoa, hang on. But if you go back and listen to the Daryl Evans thing, you look at the insurance stuff around whether players win or don't win and the fact they can offset the, the different outcomes. All of a sudden, the potential there for Cobra to weigh in on strategy within the game is not impossible. Hmm. Um, I might even say it's a bad thing, but if they're like, do you know what, this is, this is like a massive deal for us. It's probably the best marketing they will, they'll get in the next 10 years at that moment. Um, we want you to take it on. And by the way, Bryson, we'll ensure your prize money if you don't win.
2: Yeah, no, I, I could believe, I could believe that. I don't, I don't think it's as mad conjecture as, as you, you know, were caveating it at the start. Um, but I do, yeah. My my point about strategy is that it is fundamentally easier to hit a green from eighty yards or, or forty yards or fifty yards, however far away he was, than it is from one hundred and eighty with a better angle. Like I'm, that's just. I'm- That's just just the brutal truth of it. Counter
0: that it's it's not as easy when you're in four inch thick rough with an 80 yard shot over a bunker when behind front to back, yeah, front to back green and it's running into water.
2: Well, you you don't think it's as easy to hit the surface? No, the surface they're landing on is like glass and it's running away from them. Compared to to compared to an eight iron or whatever it would be from 180, 190 yards.
1: I think we're getting buried in the weeds of it at
2: all, but I, I think you can agree or
1: disagree on that. <laughs> Don't admit defeat. That.
0: Don't admit defeat. I mean, okay, like, we'll both walk away. If anyone wants to honorable. pick up
1: with this um, argument with Bruce, we'll put, his, we'll put his phone number on the Instagram story and you guys can just, <laughs> he'll, he'll talk about it as the cows come home. I mean, it is players' week and we are going to have to move to that, but there's other things from Bay Hill we just can't walk by. Yes.
0: Westwood, yes. Spieth, McElroy, a few hot
1: takes on that, I think, guys.
0: Yeah, I want to start with because we're on the sixth. Let's talk about McElroy's double dunk, eagle, sort of double bogey on that sixth. How good was that? I mean, I think he had a bit of an ego thing going on because on the Saturday, um, Bryson did that drive and he was, I think he was one group in front of McElroy. And everyone's oh. like, whoa. And then it was 370 yards. And then McElroy steps up with no fanfare and just knocks it 361, just like nine yards shorter. But then, it wasn't
2: on the same line, though, was it?
0: It was a different line. He wasn't taking on the 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 big Mac Daddy line. Um, but it, yeah. the drives were pretty much comparable. And then on, the, so obviously, the second day, he's now in a group in front of Bryson and just overdrew it both times. And it was like, dunk, dunk. Mm-hmm. And then he's five off the tee. And then third ball eagle. It's fact to a, the
1: frustration oh. for me, though, with McIlroy. It's not symptomatic of those two shots. It's the frustration of watching him when it gets down to the wire. And yeah, you just knew plastic, he wasn't though. going to roll out with a... You just knew he wasn't going to knock a 64 in and, and, and walk it in. Yeah, he's so hard to watch on a tournament level. I can't understand why it's so mm. difficult. But no, I'm not saying it's so difficult to win, but it's, it's, so, it's such a painful experience watching him go out when he's in contention. Mm.
2: It's just, he's just a top 5 top 10 machine at the moment isn't he I mean, take out Riviera where his cut streak came to an end and he just had a you know very uncharacteristic missed cut there and, and was never really in the tournament again it's like WGC at, at concession he's right there Saturday and Sunday doesn't really do much and Bay Hill again is the same story really like shoots 4 over in the final round which maybe isn't actually that bad given how tough the conditions were on the final day, it's probably middle of the pack. Um, well, but this, in is, terms of the this final is the scoring eternal day average, but problem. It's just, yeah, I know what you mean. Totally agree. This is the eternal
1: problem with McIlroy, because now we're going to start talking soon about the players' picks and Masters, and we're getting right into the major season. And yet I can't help but fancy McIlroy to win either, either of those two tournaments. And yet experience tells me watching it every time we roll out and talk about this stuff, the guy looks hopeless at winning at the moment. That's the, that's the frank kind of armchair conjecture opinion that you, you're kind of getting from it. Mm. But then you think, well, he's actually technically the defending players champ, because obviously last year it was cancelled. And, you know, will he go on to win? I, like, I don't know. Like, you kind of think it's almost written in the stars in some respect, because it's the way of silencing the critics. I don't know. Um, another another British, I say British hopeful, it's a long term, but, you know, another another Brit, bit painful to watch on sunday was of course um was it saturday in fact justin rose pulling out writing contention mm-hmm. bad back i thought that was um that was a shame
0: interesting there left a spieth being on his own he could just yeah. chat his way around the golf course it was uh oh, yeah he was just there he was just he stood over every every shot literally the commentators love it when he comes on because they just don't talk they're like okay let's listen in and just, his interactions he with Grela. Just talks at Grella though, doesn't he? He yeah. just like talks completely at him.
2: He's such um, a endearing guy though. I mean, you know, I can't I can't think of a more popular player on the on the PJ tour at the, at the moment. Or not maybe that, that's the wrong way of putting it, but someone who'd be a more popular winner amongst fans and, and players as well, I guess, is the right way of expressing it because yeah, he just seems to wear his heart on his sleeve. He's mm-hmm. so vocal and animated. Obviously, he's he, he's going through an incredible run of form at the moment. Not managed to notch a win, but like he's he's, he's you know making holes in one. He can't hit the planet one. off the tee. He literally cannot hit. The well, he he, off can, the he can go through spells of of knocking it down the middle, but he's just got a real wide ball in there. But again, that's not like that's not really new. At Berkdale in 2017, he was you know carving it, carving it miles right, and then going on to win. So um, I it's saw someone see him back.
1: Yeah. I saw someone summed him up as saying Spieth is more savvy than Mickelson, uh, and I thought that was a, a pretty good summary of, of Jordan Spieth's golf. His, yeah. his, like you say, the interactions, his feedback, the commentary that you get on course from him, so authentic. Um, and that Saturday round will, I mean, it, it goes down history as one of the most outrageous things to watch. Certainly, yeah. the front nine was, was literally beyond belief what he was doing.
2: And um, say, that, you
1: and you, why you say, it's so endearing.
2: What what people say is, it's like, oh, you know, he can't keep this going. Like, statistics don't lie. And it's like, you know, I, I probably get absolutely slaughtered by the likes of Lou Stagner and, and Scott Force on it. But, you know, there are just moments where he does kind of put two fingers up to the t- statistics when he needs to. And it's like, you know, he's in contention. And is that luck? Is that just some i don't know kind of is it divinely ordained <laughs> i guess no one re- no one really knows but it's just incredible that when he's in contention and he's struggling to hit the golf course at certain parts of the round on saturday he then yeah he then, well he whole holes his tee shot on the second and then like buries a 40 footer on was it on the ninth or the 10th hole just yeah. across the green downhill yeah. it's like what on earth where's that is- come from yeah yeah I'll tell you something and, uh, about Jordan
0: Speith. I think, right? So obviously the inner workings of the uh, World Golf ranking is literally impossible to understand. Only like full-on Bryson geniuses understand it. But I'm
2: pretty much Bryson's conf- not a genius, just putting
0: that out there. I'm confident that if um the, the rise in rankings of, of Speith go in the last five events, 92 in the world, 69, 62, 61, 52. I think if he makes the cut, he's probably odds on for breaking the top 50 in the world, which has be the first time he's done that in since February 2020. So he's looking like he's about to, if he makes the cut, get back into the world top 50, which of course is a huge marker for what these guys can do, what they can go to, and where they can play. So mm. hopefully he does it. I hope he does it. I'm a convert. I like, I like speech, I think. You know, it like, shows well, you the power of the underdog, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It's really hard to root for Jordan Spieth
1: when he was winning on demand. Like almost every time he teed it up, was it 2015, 2016? Those were, those were insanely good years, weren't they, in, in Camp Spieth? And but you, we can't, can't, um, like you could root for him, but you couldn't root for him the same way. Now I would give a kidney to watch Jordan Spieth win a tournament. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's the power of the underdog.
0: How many kidneys have you given away? Um I don't know. I don't know. What What about Westwood? Should we just talk yeah, about him for a second?
2: Yeah. I have to say, I'm just going to open it with a slightly in a slightly unorthodox manner. Like, I guess he's always been known as just a class act, and the interview that he gave with the PGA Tour after the Sunday round, the final round on the Sunday, I should say was incredible because I've never heard such an appalling sequence of questions asked of a guy who finished one back at the what age of 48. Oh my word, I'd urge you to go and check it out on YouTube. It's it's just abysmal like is, the is state it of the Yeah, it's so bad. Like first question is like, well then Lee, you know, fantastic second place finish or something like that. Um you know tell us what it was what was it like playing with Bryson? You you know maybe that was the first time you've kind of seen it in person. Is it as impressive to to watch it on the way around? And obviously, you know, it gives a, a really nice answer, just saying, yeah, it's, it's great to watch him hit the ball so far. Actually, you know, on a windy day like today, it was really good to see him hit knockdown iron shots. That was impressive as well. Then the next reporter says, you know, what were your thoughts when he, when he took it over the water on the 6th? okay here we go he's asking another huh? Huh. answering another question about bryson then someone says when you see a guy like bryson winley do you think it's time to to you know maybe change the golf <laughs> courses where does the answer come in terms of like allowing people to compete yeah. and he's like well you know like i'm i'm 47 and you know i've 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 shown today i can still compete doing it my way and i put my arms up on and literally again and again and again people are asking him questions that were not related in any way at all to him, his own performance, how he's like, you know, undergone an incredible um kind of renaissance, really, in his own game over the last year or, or two years or so. Just appalling interviewing from the PGA Tour. They were all just kind of getting shows a, a, a big circle jerk of, of Bryson DeChambeau and trying to grab up, you know, bring, <laughs> uh, You can't, can't that, have a go I, at but... me for my
0: language and you use circle jerk. I mean, so I'm just going to say that,
2: okay, we maybe, we're Maybe not taking that one out. But... out. Maybe blame um, that one out, but I think the sentiment is right. Though it's like, come on, everyone, let's get Lee Westwood as well. who's a bit of an outsider from the European Tour, and we'll ignore mm-hmm. the fact that he's just played a great round of golf or a fantastic week of golf, and we'll get him in this sort of like little press press room and talk about how great Bryson Shambo is. It's like show the guys sound bites fishing. They're just they're just yeah. fishing for
1: sound bites, and I think
2: I, the the good thing is he seems
1: to be at the same level with the media In the same as way as with his golf game. It's like. Zero fucks given. So he, mm. he's in a unique position on tour, which makes him quite hard to play against because he's playing genuinely without fear now. There's, there's no concern over that way, Yeah, And I think that, that really does, it must be so liberating for him. I know he's talked about it um, when the media have asked him about his own game in the infrequent case that does happen. And, and being able to play without fear is you know, a pretty nice feeling, I can imagine.
0: But um, looking at some stats, I mean, so, uh, you know, I'm the, I am like, I like my stats. Like, Westwood in strokes gained, I mean, he's second, and these things are always indicative of how you finish. But in terms of strokes gained, like, he was so consistent throughout the whole game. it was, like, top 10 in everything apart from mm. putting, which he was 37th. And that doesn't really usually happen because you get someone like Bryson, he was, like, dominated strokes gained tee to green, dominated strokes gained off the tee. And then was a bit, you know, it was like 30th in around the green and 21 putting and 54th in sand saves and stuff like that. But Westwood just looked so consistent across all aspects of his mm. game. And if he was 37th in strokes games putting and he was one shot back, you know, you just need one more to drop, don't you? And I thought he was so good, so solid, so composed. And it's not easy when, I know going back to Bryson, but it's not easy when Bryson is taking that 370-yard line and that huge fan fear that went on around it just to go, okay, well, I'm going to go now with my normal route. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> and you watched you him know, teared was, up after Bryson fluid. did that. It looked like
1: he was playing a different golf hole all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was almost
1: tearing off at right angles.
0: Well, Bryson. they set up the camera for Bryson. So basically, yeah. it, you couldn't even see where he was hitting. It was like, what's going on? It was, it was like a on? face
2: on of Lee yeah. Westford, wasn't it? And a down the line of Deschambe. Yeah. And it's just to see a guy who gave a very, very, you know, classy interview in that he was, pray, you know, he was lording praise on on Bryson saying it is, it is very impressive and fair play to the guy. He's worked really hard at it. Um, and just, yeah, he wasn't asked a, a, a jot really about his own game, um, but didn't come across at all bitter or, or negative or anything. Just as you say, Sam, looks like he's really, really enjoying his golf at the moment. And um mm. In, in a great place and like I, hopefully he goes on and wins something on the PGA Tour it'd be good to get another horrendous Azinger clanger um, but yeah fingers crossed I think
0: we give it time do you, you think know, monkeys you think, and typewriters do you think when, um, when Bryson was hitting those 370 yard drives down there and Lee's taking it right you know that Azinger's saying to himself those Europeans they can't win on this tour they're just really bottling it <laughs> um, from Yorkshire so- I never knew that just have a quick word um, about the woke generation. They're going to like the firm and fast nature of Bay Hill. Looked good, didn't it? Looked really, looked, I thought it looked like it was a, a good test. That Sunday looked a difficult test out there.
1: It's clearly yeah. hard. It doesn't look like a particularly enjoyable golf course to the, well, I I to the, I, the oh, amateur really? To play. Oh, really I, I, don't, yeah. I
2: thought you said some, this time last year, you're like, it didn't look that hard and you reckon you could go in. Going off the oh. score there when oh, I see what's happened here. This is like some, some, some sort of like tag team all, individual uh,
1: discussion. Let's get Sam your on words some sound. I your
2: think words I said
1: are. it didn't. I was in a particularly rich, rich vein of form with my golf then, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like <laughs> I felt like I could not flags out on demand. I haven't hit a golf ball for three months, so it looked a little bit tougher. It didn't look fun. That's the point I'm making. It looks it looked pretty flat. Courses like Riv look sick, don't they? And you know, I actually thought the concession looked very good.
0: Um, I it, looked it looked like you like could lose a ball step
2: down of a golf course at Bay water. Hill. Really,
0: you could lose a ball at Bay Hill.
2: There's a lot of water, granted, but I didn't. I don't know if there looked like loads of holes that were really, really penal in that you couldn't bail out.
1: Um, I mean, it's <laughs> easy for the for the scratch handicapper who hits it sort of 360, you know, with ease off the tee. To so say anyway, look, we digress, and, and you taught then Tom about strokes gained. Um, and the performance and the relative performance of putting and approach and stuff at Bay Hill. I think it's a good segue, um, certainly a 7 out of 10 segue, into the players, which famously produces an eclectic series of winners, has never had a back-to-back winner. Um, Again, the statos that kind of circle around the media and provide a lot of this insight, and will be no doubt trotted out this weekend, is that Winners have prevailed with like blisteringly good putting performances. Rory won with a a, a fairly incredible strokes gained approach game that that week in 2019. There's a whole gambit of different winners with different strengths in the field, so it's quite an interesting course in that respect. So it feels pretty wide open. What's the what's the consensus going into the players?
0: I think first and foremost for me, I feel like it feels like like we're at a turning point. You know, in, in in the virus and stuff, because it was one year ago that it all cataclysmically dissolved. Mm -hmm. And it feels like, you know, coming out now to the players, it's allowed, there's fans back, and, you know, our golf is like, what, two and a bit weeks away. And I feel like it's a really lovely time because the sun's starting to shine and players is back. And it feels like they're starting to turn a corner, which is really quite nice. But to answer your question, I think, it's an interesting one if we were to, 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 to make picks, I think, which we're going to do towards the end. Because um, it it's an odd one. It's a hard one to pick, I think. There's a, there's a lot that can you know, affect the way that you choose this one. But what I do you think,
1: I think Bruce? someone outside top 50 is one just as frequently as, as someone inside top mm. 10. Sorry, go on, Bruce.
2: Yeah. I mean, talking of penal golf courses, um, Sawgrass looks like it's firmly in that category um and yeah it regarded as having a pretty much kind of make or break finish really in 16 17 18 like huge risk reward part five really difficult um shot into 17 if the wind's blowing and then you've just got to hit the gutsiest tee shot of your life down 18 so you know i could see how it, it does produce drama and it and it produces maybe some surprising winners but also some firm favorites like the fact that that Adam Scott's won there Sergio's won there Stenson Tiger obviously like so many great players over the years it's uh yeah I mean it's the flagship event so um as far as picks are concerned I feel like it's always a kind of a fool's errand really isn't it to Mm. to go and (laughs) go out on a limb and, and and try and pick someone in this in this case um but yeah, I mean- yeah,
0: I've got, I've got a question. Like, if, if, if the, the majors didn't exist and, um, and they came out now and said, okay, well, but we should probably make four events like flagship events. Do you think the the players would go over the PGA? Because I, I have as a viewer, as a spectator of the sport, I enjoy the players more than I enjoy watching the PGA.
1: Wait, why though? Yeah. What, okay. Yeah. I mean,
2: what? What? Why do you? Would you say you enjoy it more than the PGA? Because of the familiarity of seeing the same course? Or like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know what's going on there. Or
0: yeah, it's it's always a, drama. A, it's always an uber strong field. Um, you know exactly what you're getting at Sawgrass, where obviously with the PGA moves around, and they've started to go down this route of like making the PGA like ultra penal and long, and just hitting like. Making driving accuracy and length a premium. And it's just, I just, don't, I just don't get excited watching the PGA. I think it's the fourth major, in my opinion. Um, and I do get excited watching the players.
1: So I you'd person. say the opens, the, the fourth majors
2: probably. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'd say the players is, is as penal as any PGA setup, though, really. Maybe not as long. You've had people like Webb Simpson win um, at the players where, you know, it's hard to envisage someone like him or a Kisner win at like a Mm -hmm. 7,600-yard PGA course, which I guess is increasingly becoming the norm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the the players does have the highest strength of field. Mm. I'm pretty sure of any event in the world. I think that's well known. It it has the highest strength of field. So that in itself is a reason for it being the flagship event and and it being, you know, the kind of fifth major in golf. I get your point about the PGA. Like, where's the the distinction there? Like, what makes that interesting?
0: It's also, I think, with the players, you, you are, like you said about the finishing stretch, you're guaranteed drama down Sunday. You know what I mean? Like they, someone could be three, four shots ahead and you just, you've still got that hope, you know, it keeps mm. you clinging that something can happen that's really going to flip it, which I just what I find really interesting. And it keeps me as a viewer. Um, I think
1: that's great theatre, isn't it? Yeah, it's the fact of the matter is, there's there's great theatre around it. It's that kind of the spring. I think that's a good move. they it's it's moved in the schedule, is it? Yeah.
2: yeah, it's it used so, to be a, it used to be after the Masters in May, didn't it? And now I it's think this is a good time. It's like sort of feels like a bit of a watershed moment in the
1: season. Certainly from where we're sat, and probably in the states where a lot of those guys spend much of the winter under snow and ice. And yeah, I think it, I think it's a great event. I I kind of agree with Tom. If I'm honest, it's um yeah, if you were going to reel off the the top four events of the year, you'd be putting the Open, US Open Masters and Players into that category, I think. It's an exciting, it's a mm. really exciting event. Um, Yeah, I mean, who wins? Like All, be- all bets are off. I think um, there's so many people bringing in so much good form. It's got the
0: potential to be a blisteringly good tournament. Just before we pick off our, our winners um, about our picks and have a little chat about that, uh, sorry to bring it back to the fridge, but do you think that was just this, this hype about going down the first on 18 for Bryson is just all it's all bravado? Or do you think he was actually going to try and take it down the left-hand side of the water on 18? Well, they brought seem in like ruled, a rule, didn't they? Route. So, they, yeah, so, yeah, they?
2: So they brought in a rule. I, I wasn't aware that DeChambeau um, was maybe... Are you, are you saying, Tom, that he was indicating he was going to take it left down 18? Did he say that explicitly or...? Or did he tease that out?
0: Yeah, he he has said that he was going to uh, certainly investigate going down the left of the water on eighteen and just blasting mm. it down there as far as you can, and then go going in from there. But I mean, I look at it. I mean, I'm not a professional golfer. Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty close, but I'm not oh. there. <laughs> um, but I look at it like, okay, well, you're bashing now. You're bashing 350 over water, and now you've got a, like a from the rough tricky 60 yard pitch over water. It doesn't seem like a route that he would actually choose, but I think he was just trying to, like, you know, like we say before, Brand Bryson and trying to mm. just cause some headlines and things like that. But the PGA tour have reacted and they've turned all that into internal OB, which is Sam's favorite thing in the world. Well, I think it's a disaster, isn't it? I, I think we ran a poll on on
1: the story and it was pretty evenly balanced in terms of is this a good decision or not? I think it's I think it's madness. Like When it it Mm. gets to that point, you are by default admitting there is a problem, aren't you? So when you when you do that, you are admitting that there is a problem with it. And therefore, the defence then is to penalise a subset of, what, five golfers-ish that can do it? Like, even then, it's not guaranteed. It's not the play. Um, Probably one, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, what's the point? And, And the whole thing with this debate is Bryson is longer than the other people in the field. By rolling back technology or putting in rules to prevent that one or those small let's say it's five players that can do it that's a pretty disproportionate ruling isn't it where it's, it's not it's not necessarily an, it's not a fair ruling at the very least you know you're mm. just it's, penalizing it's just, yeah. one person and is that is that now how we go about doing it so like what do we do so do we do we start sort of you know, saying, well, hole anything outside of 40 foot, it doesn't count. So Jordan Spieth, you're too streaky with a putter. Like, that's just, sorry, that's two putts now, Jordan. This is getting out of hand now. Your your ability with a flat stick is starting to embarrass the rest of the game. It's fucking ridiculous, I think.
2: But... Uh, yeah, I think it's just overhyped. And, you know, I'll go on a limb here, but Deshambo is not going to go and win all four majors this season or, or necessarily go and win the FedEx Cup. Like, it really was not that long ago. People were talking about how difficult it's going to be to knock DJ off the top spot. I'm pretty sure even now he has a very, very healthy lead at the top of the official world golf world rankings, world golf rankings, official, yeah. Official world golf rankings. Um, <laughs> so like, it's just, it's so singular weird to term. see. It's the official yeah. world gold ranking. Singular <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just so weird to see how like the golf media cycles just, like you yeah, have such kind of short memories and it's just going from one hysterical take to the next from week to week. And <laughs> um, I think like with DeChambeau, it's like, yeah, you know, he obviously won the U S open at Wingfoot last year. Then he went and had an absolute meltdown at the masters. Um, then we didn't really hear from him for, for a couple of months. Wasn't doing lows. And then all of a sudden he's coming one at Bay Hill. It's like, you know, why? It, it, I think it's poor that the, the, the PGA tour have just, seems to have gone with a knee jerk reaction just said, right, let's just make that internal out of bounds. Unless, and I I'd be willing to be corrected if it's done for some safety reason or pace of play reason or some other logistical issue. But if it's literally just like, no, we, we don't we don't want to see how that plays out. Let's just stop him from even entertaining that line. I think that's a really, really poor take. Because I think we're,
0: I think we're um, just a few steps away from from saying like Bryson, the gym it's out of bounds mate and um protein shakes they're out of bounds as well you just need to really dial this back because this is getting silly like you can't just be stronger and fitter and hit the ball further than everybody else it's not fair well
2: unless they've done it for a legitimate safety reason in which case or or, or some other concern i mean it's (laughs) you know it's entirely possible that people are just focused on it through the lens of bryson and actually there's some other reason there I, uh, what's the capacity of fans that they're bringing back I mean it's not like I, fans would be over there is I it? think
0: I've read 25% I think they're looking to get right. 25% capacity yeah. I
2: don't know I'm not I'm not fully in possession of all the facts but it doesn't seem yeah I think we're in agreement it doesn't seem like a particularly good move
0: anyway so let's move on and I think we need to pick some picks for this and, uh, and wrap it up it because we want, to, we want to pick some picks so they're picked well, um, well I'm gonna go straight out on a little bit okay
2: yeah
1: And there's a few people that are going to silence some critics this week. Well, who have the potential to, who are bringing in some white hot heat. White hot heat. We'll edit that out. No, we won't. (laughs) Carry on.
2: We've really, I I feel like I've really stumbled over some words this podcast. Maybe it's just we are over caffeinated. They're
1: bringing in white heat to this tournament. I think we've got McElroy... Could, could potentially silence the critics who keep saying he's never going to win. Like, this is, mm. you know, he doesn't look like capable of getting it done. now another really obvious one there. And then Jordan Spieth would be the ultimate win. So I'm yeah. going with Hart overhead here. Clearly the sensible bet would be DJ's the best player on the planet. When he's on form, he looks untouchable. We're not untouchable. allowed to pick DJ. We're not allowed exactly. To pick but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and I'm going to go with McIlroy. I'm going to go with now, and I'm going to go
0: Speak
2: fair, Thomas.
0: Um, I'm gonna go tiny bit sort of less obvious than Sam. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go sort of long odds, and I, these, these are long odds that I'd probably put each way on. And I think, yeah, I, I get some money back on these boys. and hat strong, very- I like that a lot on a very good run of form. He is starting to hit the ground running out in the US. I think he's going to be, he gives some value back in terms of, uh, if you put in some better I'm going to go with Hideki, Hideki Sam, Hideki Sam, because he was leading, uh, the masters last another masters, the players last year before they abandoned it after round one. So I'm going to go, Hideki picks up where he left off. And, um, I think John Rahm's gonna bring some form. That's not that's not long odds. Oh, I, I was think John maybe Rahm,
2: say Rahm. I, was,
0: <laughs> I yeah. think Rahm is gonna bring some form. Wasn't it what wasn't Mills' Rahm... is third, third, third pick out of you know but we're not outside. gonna go top table, we'll just go for the world number two on that one. Okay. No, but he he it was Rahm two years ago when he had that complete brain fade, wasn't it? Like that was the players, wasn't it? Where he tried to yeah, yeah, yeah. Tried to rope
2: yeah. hook a five iron from two thirty yeah. over water, and then berated and his cabinet for line. making him yeah. feel uncomfortable yeah. about it. I'd love to see how Michael Corella was responding
1: to him <laughs> over that shot value. God damn, um, Michael.
0: So there. No, the I line. like those
1: picks. I'd love to see Hideki do good. It felt like he was cheated out of potential players, when, mm. didn't it last year?
0: Mm. He was. I think he was a couple of strokes in the lead as well. Like I think I think I mean, I certainly think that long odds wise, I don't haven't checked their odds, but Bazaden Howton and Hadeki, I think it'd be pretty pretty good bets if you're going each way. Rahm I I think he can do well if he he he's he's not at the best switch to Callaway, is he? Um so you know, it's just it's a bedding in thing with with new with new kit, isn't it? He's so,
2: just too busy reinventing the science of speed. I'm afraid <laughs> it's a hugely time consuming task, and uh, just looking at those commercials, it's uh, well, the it's hyperbole is it?
1: tough to keep creating, isn't it? Really, and I suppose that's probably weighing on his mind. Um, yeah. once, you've, once
0: you've pushed once you've pushed technology beyond humanly possible, I mean, how do you push it further again? Yeah. They were doing that a couple of years ago. So, just, he's,
2: yeah, Ram spending too many too many nights, um, you know. Coding in the lab, I think. So <laughs> hopefully he can recover his form. But
0: what do you tough. think, Bruce? Who's your picks?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not going particularly wacky here. Um, I'm just gonna <laughs> go with a few fairly safe ones, I think. Well not safe, but you know, I think sensible. Um Hovland, I think, looks remarkably mm. good over the last mm. um few weeks, if not months. Um, he's looking like he's playing some really good stuff. Um, and I just feel like he could. He could get it done on the on the biggest stage of them all, and uh, that would be a brilliant statement to make. That it's not just Colin Morikawa who's who's out there, all guns blazing. So Victor, I think, could be a potentially um, sensible sensible choice there. Um, Cantley as well, Ooh, I think. That's a good pick. Yeah, just flies under the radar, but he seems to excel at under you know the highest pressure. And um, yeah, I think he could just do something this week. Um, remind us how good he is. He's
0: still top and ten then, in the world, huh? He's still top he, ten yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah I know, ninth. but you just
2: don't really. I don't oh, know. There's exactly. that much just, coverage of him. I he know. just. He's just a bit of a stealth bomber, isn't he? Just kind yeah. of like It's <laughs> amazing. Bomb, flies under the. You, know, you don't really. You don't really get. He doesn't really get that much attention. Um, and then my third pick, kind of one from the heart, but he did put up um, hey, hang some. On. In, sorry, sorry. In, Do you know what the last time Cadillac was out of the world top ten?
0: Eighteen months ago. Yeah. Yeah. This. It was the Memorial Tournament 2019. That's mm. June 2019. About 18
2: months. Yes, yeah, mate. You wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So if we just have that
1: on the record. I got that spot on. Yeah. You seem to have skipped over got... that
2: there. It's fantastic <laughs> that you've got notes prepared in advance on all the I've got no time. notes
1: on, how, on historic OWGR yeah. performance. It was a shot in the dark and it, it came good. Anyway, um, sorry, I've interrupted. I was so and shot. Lions squirrels pick. and acorns. Here we go. One from the heart yeah, from My Bruce. third
2: pick, one from the heart. Um, you know, he, he's still fair, kind of a top-ranked player, but um, awesome. not been doing loads recently. However, he did put up on his Instagram, I'm pretty sure every long shot he hit um, in his practice round at the players. And I mean, some of the sounds that, he, that those iron shots are making and just how good his swing looked. Um, he seemed to be playing from the fairway on every every bloody hole. Adam Scott,
0: mm.
2: yeah, so, he, he had an know.
0: okay. Good at Riviera, didn't he? He'd played played right He had an right okay. Right what? Okay, good. <laughs> good. okay, good. Yeah, he had, an an okay, good.
2: Yeah.
0: He had a good Jeez. round at Riviera. He had a good. Tournament to Riviera, he was, uh, Well, given he... we've lost
1: the ability to form. I'm a uh, new dad. Actually, I'm a new yeah, dad. Like, Leave honestly, me alone. Um, I, I,
2: yeah. We're all sleep deprived. Of, <laughs> And
1: I like the fact that Bruce has finally latched onto the fact that Adam Scott has quite an tidy looking swing. I think that's been the case throughout his career, but um, well, yeah, I, just... I think it's a good pick. again, he's hmm. bringing in some, bringing in some form, is Well, there you go. And if you're listening to this podcast on either Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, or any anytime during Sunday and nine, all nine of those have missed the cut, then, uh, you have full permission to unsubscribe from this podcast and go and find something with uh, that brings a bit more integrity to it. But uh, there we are.
0: As always, guys, if you've got any comments or thoughts, please do get in touch on at Cookie Jog off Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And until then, we will speak to you next time.
2: Watch Bye-bye. this.